Hallelujah. Let's do that here tonight. Come on. You and I got a reason to rejoice in the Lord. We've got a right and a reason to rejoice in the Lord. Why don't we exercise that right for a few moments? Hallelujah. Again, I say, again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. We don't stop rejoicing. When rejoicing feels like it's over, we say it again and we do it again because he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's interesting about that verse, again, I say rejoice is that when you think about the word rejoice, the prefix being re, which is to do over, to do again, it's basically an act of joy. Amen. You have joy. That's, that's what happens. But you are rejoicing. You are having joy again. So in essence, he's saying again, again, have joy. We got a world that's depressed and suicidal, popping pills for depression, anxiety. But I want to tell you, being apostolic gives you a reason. Again, again, I got joy. I got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Anybody else feel that? I got righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You might have depression and you might got pills, but let me tell you about this Holy Ghost. Amen. That in his presence there's fullness of joy, an overflowing sense of joy. If anybody's got that joy here tonight, why don't you again, again, let that joy out. Again, again, have a feeling of joy. Again, again, give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here tonight. We've been so grateful for all those that have come, amen, to, to gather and to hear the word of the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles the book of, of Romans chapter 15 and beginning in verse number 4. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 4. When you get there, say amen. All right. I want to say how much I appreciate so many people bringing their Bibles to church. Amen. I think that's wonderful that uh, that people, I know we got a digital age, and I know there's some people just, they trash on digital things, and I'm not going to be that guy, but uh, there is something special about bringing your Bible. Bringing your Bible. Um, and uh, in the world, we had a, a phrase, BYOB. I'll let you guess what that means. But I think we ought to Bring your own Bible to church. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 15 and verse number 4. The Bible says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime. That's your Bible. Were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Do you know that's where our hope comes from? Not from Fox News or CNN. It comes from what was written before time. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. I want to read that in another translation to hopefully bring a little more understanding. For everything that was written in former times was written for our instruction so that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we may have hope. Now may the God of endurance and comfort give you unity with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus. The God of endurance and i want to preach to us for a few moments on that subject the god 
of endurance. Amen. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your voice and let's ask God to touch us here today that the God of, of, of comfort and the God of patience and the God of endurance would be in this place. We already feel him in this house. Hallelujah. We believe that God is in this building and that God is going to help us here tonight. We ask you to bless us with your word, Jesus, that through the scriptures, the things that were written long before we were ever breathing the oxygen of this earth, God, the things that were written, that we might have comfort, that we might have encouragement and endurance through the scriptures, the very thing that gives us hope. We give you glory and honor and praise here tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated here tonight. Amen. The God of endurance. Paul opens up Romans chapter 15. And he is making a plea to the people of God that we would do in our strength what we wish somebody else would do for us. In our weakness, he starts Romans 15 by saying, when those who are strong ought to bear with the infirmities of the weak. And everybody said amen to that. Those that are strong, the ideal is if you are strong, you ought to. It is something that Paul is encouraging us to do, that we ought to help the infirmities and bear with the infirmities of the weak. In other words, if you consider yourself to be strong in comparison to your brother or to your sister, the Bible and Paul the Apostle is trying to get the church to agree to use their strength to serve their brother or their sister in Christ. I think it's important for us to understand here tonight that true spirituality and true spiritual strength is measured in our ability to build up one another and not to tear one another down. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. A true test of Christianity, amen, is that we would love one another as Christ loved us. And true spirituality and true strength is to be measured in our ability to build up one another and not our ability to tear down. It doesn't take much. You know, I, I, I can't build a thing. I'm not really handy. I, I use my brain more than I use, amen, my brawn, amen. But uh, there's, there's people in the house of the Lord that if there was something going on and you wanted to build something, I might not be the guy you call, but I'm pretty confident that I know how to tear it down. Hallelujah. Amen. When we were remodeling our church building that, that they're in right now, uh, they, they allowed us in the city to go in and to do some demolition. And uh, I, I don't ask me how they did it, but they said no permits needed and you don't need to have anybody special come in. And so pastor just called for everybody in the church to come and to bring a sledgehammer. And, uh, and, and that included all of us. And we started knocking down walls one by one. It wasn't very hard. In fact, we got so in, into it. We started knocking out wall after wall. We started knocking out walls we weren't supposed to knock down. And, and it was really easy with that sledgehammer. In fact, we knocked out one of our friend's tooth, amen, in the process of knocking out the walls, amen. And it's not hard to tear things down, but anybody that's gifted and skilled at building knows, uh, amen, that you, you can't just, uh, amen, put anybody to the task uh, of erecting a building. You can't just put anybody on the task of putting a wall together. Am I right, Elder Bo? But you just can't put anybody, amen, on the task of building and framing and putting drywall up because inevitably that person that is unskilled is going to mess it up. Amen. Hallelujah. And it is the same. It is not difficult, amen, for you and I to be demolition crew and to go and to find others that are weak and to finish them off. Hallelujah. 
But let me just tell you, Paul is saying that is not our true test of spiritual strength. Amen. If you want to find out whether or not you are a spiritual person, amen, there's some folks that have quoted through the years, and I've met them in my travels that have told me, and, and, and one test of spirituality is if somebody ever tells you, I'm a spiritual person, they're probably not a spiritual person, but I've had people tell me, I have spiritual giftings, and I have spiritual callings, and, and God tells me things, and I, I can discern spirits. But what's interesting to me is they can discern everybody else's spirit, but they can't discern their own spirit. And, and they can tell you what's wrong with everybody else, but they can't tell you what's wrong with themselves. And, and they've got the gift of suspicion, and they figured out where everybody's flawed and where everybody's messed up, and, and they know just who to go to. They find the weakest people in the church. Uh, amen. The Bible says to mark those among you that cause division. If you see somebody in the kingdom of God or moving around the church and you just mark them down, if you see somebody that's just got the gift uh, of finding the weakest people in the church, uh, and we're not talking about going to build them up, but they've come, people that you know have doubts, and they come by and they bring their extra doubts and they pile them on top. Uh, amen. That's a person that claims to be spiritual, but they don't know what spirit they're of. And everybody said amen. But in the kingdom of God, it is our job uh, not to to finish people off and not to tear people down. For the Bible would declare, you that are spiritual, strengthen your brother, strengthen your sister in a spirit of humility, considering yourself also. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise here tonight. True spirituality. I'm just setting the setting the, the mood here tonight, and I'm just declaring some things as the pastor of the church. I'm not preaching this tonight because we have a challenge or we have a problem. In fact, I think the, sometimes the best time to put things into the culture is not when you're having to get in there and do surgery on it, but you're doing preventative work. And amen, let me just be the one that's doing a little preventative medicine here tonight. Amen. If you're going to be a spiritual person, if you're going to be a Christian, Amen. You and I must build up our brothers and sisters. If we see ourselves as strong, we must go to those that are weak, not to make them weaker, but to make them stronger. If they're on the brink of backsliding, it's not my job or your job to kick them over the edge. But it is our job to say, you can make it. You can go another day. You can go another week. You can make it to another prayer meeting. You can read another chapter. You can listen to another sermon. You can sing another song. You can do another dance. Can I preach to somebody that as the church, we are called to endure, and we are called to help others endure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. True spirituality is when we can build up. And Paul is encouraging those that are strong to strengthen those that are weak. He says to bear with. Amen, and, 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 and this would better be translated, not bear with, because we all know what it is, well, to bear through it. It is better translated bear up. Hallelujah. Amen, bear up your weaker brother. In other words, if you are strong, you are to support them with your superior strength. Uh, this goes against the attitude of our world. Uh, amen. The idea of the survival of the fittest. Uh, amen. Those that ascribe to uh, Darwinism thinking, they live that in their daily life, that if somebody's weak, they want to finish them off. Uh, amen. But I want to tell you, this attitude in our world uh, that says look out for number one, uh, that counsels people to always care for themselves. There's got to be some people in the kingdom that, that represent the opposite of this generation that says I'm going to support you and I'm going to bear you up and I'm going to help you because I've got the strength to help you. Just because I got the strength to crush you amen that means I've also got the strength to support you. If I've got the strength to tear you down I've also got the strength to Build you up. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise tonight. Amen. In fact, the way in which we bear up, amen, we help lift. We use our strength for those that are weak. The way that we do this, amen, the Bible would tell us to consider ourselves also. 
Because believe it or not, we all get weak. And everybody in the church said amen. Everybody that breathes say amen. We all get weak. Some people don't want to act like they get weak, but they sure do. Some people like to act tough, but they are just as weak as you and I. Weakness comes in cycles. Weakness comes in seasons. Weakness comes after exerting energy or, as I preached about a while ago, atrophying your strength by not exerting energy. Even Jesus got weak. It's not a sin to get weak. Can I preach to somebody for a moment? Jesus got weak. We see this as he's carrying the cross. He falls down. He got weak. We see this at the beginning of his ministry. Forty days of fasting. And the Bible says this. Then came the devil. After 40 days, the Bible says afterwards, he hungered. He became weak. Amen. In fact, he was doing the very best he could do. He was doing the right that he could do. And the devil showed up. And he didn't show up when he was at his highest and at his strongest. Amen. He didn't show up after the buffet. But he showed up after 40 days of growing weaker and weaker and weaker. Amen. His flesh was getting weaker. But his spirit was not getting weaker. Amen. His flesh was being cast down. But there was something that was rising up. And this weakness comes to everybody uh, whether you are doing right or you are doing wrong uh, weakness comes anyways uh, but I've come to preach tonight to those uh, that the Bible would say become weary and well doing uh, that they get weak when they are doing right uh, the devil shows up uh, in those moments uh, when you have exerted yourself uh, and you have given your all and you have presented all the strength that you have uh, and afterwards when you're hungry and afterwards when you're tired after Afterwards, when you're weak, then the devil shows up, amen, because he knows if I'm ever going to have a chance to take out brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, it's not going to be when they're strong. It's going to be when they are weakened. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise tonight. Come on, let's lift up our hands and let's worship for a moment. Let's talk to Jesus. Amen. There are some folks tonight that maybe you need this word right now. Others that might need this word later. But I'm going to tell you it comes in seasons. It comes in times. Amen. And the devil's going to show up in the moments when you're weakest. Let's pray. Hallelujah. 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 But then Paul continues on to write after speaking about strength and weakness that everybody's got strength. And everybody's got weakness. Amen. And some people think that they are, that they can be strong at all times, but that's just not how it works in life. Amen. Because someday you're going to be the strong brother. Hallelujah. And another day you're going to be the weak brother. And there are going to be people that hopefully don't remember what you were when you were the strong brother. Hallelujah. Amen. If you aren't living the scriptures as we've talked about tonight, they're going to hopefully forget what you were as a strong brother. Amen. Because when you're weak, you want people to bear you up. This is what the Bible says. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you were weak, amen, what would you do for yourself uh, and go do it for somebody else? Uh, when you are struggling, what would you do for yourself? Uh, go do it for somebody else. Uh, when you are broken, what would you do for, somebody, for yourself? Uh, amen. And go do it for somebody else. And Paul continues on, and he talks about us, and he prays for us as the people of God that after all of this, the cycle of strength and weakness, uh, he prays for us to have patience. That word also translates out to endurance and hope through the Scriptures. He then gives us a revelation in our text here tonight that our God is a God of patience. He is a God of endurance. Endurance simply means it is the fact or the power of forbearing in an unpleasant or difficult 
process our situation without giving a way out. Amen. Without giving way or giving up. Amen. This is a little bit like we talked about last week that there is a process mindset we have to have, but there's also got to be a mindset you carry with you through the process because there's difficult times in the in, in the process. There are difficult seasons in the process, and we must have endurance with us. Endurance is the virtue that enables you and I to put up with adversity. It allows us to put up with pain. It allows us to put up with discomfort. It allows us to put up with hardship. It allows us to put up with suffering in a way that we don't just get through it, but we maintain our dignity. We maintain our poise. We maintain ourselves. We don't just barely get through when we endure. Endure is a little different than just surviving. Endure is intentional. Amen. To engage endurance as a virtue in your life, you must be enduring because you have the confidence of what you are enduring and why you are enduring. You must be intentional about enduring. You must decide to endure with the intent to overcome. I'm not just going to endure for the sake of enduring, but I am enduring so that I can get to the other side of this. I am enduring so that I might be the victor. I am enduring so that I might overcome. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Come on. Do I have any enduring folks in the house of the Lord? Is there anybody that came with endurance tonight? In other words... You and I are not just hopelessly enduring because we have no other choice. Endurance must be a decision that you and I make. Endurance is the capacity of something uh, or someone to last or to withstand wear and tear. When your car endures, it has endured wear and and tear. When your marriage is an enduring marriage, it is endured wear and tear. When your ministry is an enduring ministry, it endures wear and tear. When your Christian life is an enduring, amen, ministry and an enduring Christian life, it will be able to withstand wear and tear. Amen. It is not endurance to put it up on a shelf. You ever, ever met somebody like that? They've got a china hutch and, amen, they never take it out and it stays there. Of course it stays perfect and it endures time but it's never been through nothing that's not true endurance true endurance amen is those plates you take out every night and you cut your steak on and you eat your hamburger on it's endured every bit of hot every bit of cold every bit of washing can I preach to somebody amen that to have true endurance is to withstand the wear and tear endurance is continued existence Everybody say that. Continued existence. Endurance means to live on. Everybody say live on. Turn to your neighbor time. I'm going to live on. Turn to your other neighbor time. I'm going to live on. Turn to one neighbor and tell him I'm, I'm, I'm going to be continued. Tell somebody there's going to be a sequel written about me. Tell somebody I'm going to endure this. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody uh, about endurance? Uh, amen. But most definitely tonight uh, about the God of endurance. Now that you and I got a revelation about endurance, uh, Psalms 9 and 7, uh, it says the Lord shall endure forever. Uh, he can withstand wear and tear. Uh, he's a God that continues on in existence. Uh, he has no beginning or end. Uh, in fact, he is the beginning and he is the end. Uh, that even after they killed him, uh, Three days later, uh, he said, I'm going to live on. Uh, they're going to write books about me. Uh, there's not enough books, uh, amen, not enough room in the world for the books uh, that would be written. Uh, Hebrews would say time would fail me. Uh, there's not enough time left in existence uh, to talk about Jesus. Uh, that's called enduring forever, honey. Uh, we've got a God of endurance. Uh, that Lord shall endure forever. Somebody shout. The Lord uh, shall endure forever. 
The Bible never says the trial shall endure forever. The Bible never says the devil shall endure forever. The Bible never says the night shall endure forever. The Bible never says that weeping shall endure forever. But I've come to tell somebody tonight, the Bible does declare that our God is the enduring God. Our God endures forever. Somebody ought to shout and give the enduring God some praise. Amen. Let me preach about the God of endurance. Psalm 72 and 17. The Bible says his name shall endure forever. You can use that name every day of your life and pray in the name of Jesus. And that name will never wear out. You can baptize every person in the world in the name of Jesus. But it will never lose its power. It will never get worn down. It will never get worn out. You can cast out every devil that's ever walked the face of the earth and made mess in your life and wreaked havoc in your family and you can cast them out in the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus will endure forever. Can I preach to somebody about the name that's above every name that one day after every other name has fallen in comparison, every knee shall bow, every knee carrying a name, Evan's going to bow, Susie's going to bow, Jim's going to bow, Bill's going to bow, amen, Lucifer's going to bow, everybody's going to bow because their name don't endure, but everybody's going to bow and declare there's a name that's above every name, there's a name that endures. It endured the sickness. It endured the dark times. It endured the prayerless, the prayer nights full of trouble and full of trials. But I kept on praying in the name of Jesus and the name of the Lord endureth forever. He's the God of endurance. Speak the name. He's the God of endurance. Shout the name. He's the God of endurance. Praise the name. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise here tonight. Come on. Somebody speak the name of Jesus, the name above every name, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous can run into it like they did thousands of years ago. It still endures. You can run into it today and be saved. Amen. Psalms chapter 104 and verse 31. The Bible says the glory of the Lord shall endure forever. Been too many churches that have wrote Ichabod over their church. Amen. That the glory has departed. But I just want to remind you, even if that might be the case in your life, just because the glory departed didn't mean the glory stopped enduring. The glory might have departed from church after church all across this region, all across this city, maybe from the church you came from. And you look back on the good old days and say, man, that's when the glory fell. But I've got news for you. The glory still falls in this generation. The glory of God still falls in ARC because the glory of the Lord shall endure forever. Some, amen, some backslid, some left, but the glory endured forever. Some sing like a canary, but don't sing no more. But the glory endured forever. There were people that came in and those that went out all across the church at large. But I want to tell you, the glory endured forever. There were preachers that became celebrities and left the faith. But the glory endured forever, and it never quit. They sang psalms like we're about to sing in hymns next week, and the glory endured. They sing new songs today and the glory endures forever. You can walk into church and you can feel the glory because it never stops. It never quits. It never wears out. It never wears thin. I wish somebody would give God praise here tonight. Hallelujah. Well, the glory of the Lord was real special in those days. I want to tell you the glory endures forever. And if we haven't had the encounter that you've had before, I want to tell you it's coming. Hallelujah. If the glory hadn't fallen, I remember the good old days of that conference when the glory fell. I've been in too many conversations with too many people that tell me about the glory days. I want to tell you the glory endures forever. And that glory endures from generation to generation. And the very glory that you might have felt 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I promise you, I felt it when I first got saved. And there wasn't but 60 of us, 50 of us. 
there's 40 of us. And I felt the same glory you might have felt at camp meeting. I'll tell you why. Because the glory endures forever. Oh, somebody shout and give God praise tonight. Psalms 52 and 1. Everybody say the goodness. The goodness of God endureth continually. Amen. Let me talk to you about the goodness of God. Some people think the goodness of God only endures as long as I'm good. Hallelujah. The goodness of God only endures when I'm doing good. The goodness of God only endures when my bank account's doing good. The goodness of God only endures uh, when my health is doing good, when my kids are doing good, uh, when they're singing good, when this is going on good, when the church got a good program. I want to tell you, the goodness of God uh, endureth continually. Know you not uh, that it is the goodness of God, the Bible says, uh, that leads us uh, to repentance. Uh, amen. He's never stopped leading you and I uh, to a place of repentance. Uh, you know why? Because the goodness uh, of the Lord endureth uh, continually. Psalms 105, 100, 100 verse 5. His truth endureth uh, to all generations. The style might be a little different than you might be used to. But I want to tell you, we still believe in one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father who's above all, through all, and in you all. We still believe that there's only one way to be saved. you got to repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Am I the only one that believes in the truth that endures forever? Let me tell you, the truth endures forever. You still got to live holy because that's truth. That without holiness, no man, no woman shall see the Lord. That you still got to evangelize. For the truth declares, go ye therefore in all nations and preach the gospel to every creature. You still got to worship because the Bible still declares, oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout. The truth might have a different voice. Amen. Hallelujah. It might have a different medium in which it comes forth. But I just want to let you know, and I want to put the devil on notice, that there is a whole new generation of people that are rising up because the truth endures to all generations. We've got some elders tonight that believe the truth. We've got some that are on their way to elders that believe the truth tonight. we got some folks that are just getting started in life that believe the truth tonight. we got some folks that don't even know nothing but they're agreeing with what I'm preaching tonight. The truth endures to all generations. You know why the truth endures to all generations? Because the Bible declares in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 25 the word of the Lord endureth forever. If we change this book or get rid of this book the truth will stop enduring to all generations. If we stop reading this book, preaching out of this book, teaching Bible studies out of this book, declaring this book, as some of these kids are about to do, start memorizing this book. Amen. I want to tell you, the word of God endureth forever. Let me talk to you tonight about how much the word of God endures forever. Every single communist, socialist, totalitarian government, the first two things they do, they disarm the people of their weaponry so they cannot defend themselves physically and the next thing they do is disarm the people ideologically and they take away their Bibles and they split up churches amen I'm going to preach to this this century and this generation don't let COVID-19 stop you from coming to the house of God some people never let it stop them from going to work don't let it stop you from going to church because that truth endures from generation to generation they want to separate people from the word of God and if you don't know the truth you're going to be brought into bondage but the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free it doesn't matter how much a lie made you in bondage when you know the truth the truth shall make you free I'm free to lift my hand 
hands. Amen. No government gave it to me. No government can take it away. I'm free to dance in the presence of God. No government entity gave that to me. The word of God gave that to me. Oh, come on, somebody tonight. Hallelujah. The word endureth forever. I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to go to the house of the Lord. I'm still going to worship him because his truth and his word endures forever. They've tried to burn the Bible. Elder John says, that's why we, I hope people are still doing it. Please, please, if you're behind, please finish reading your Bible this year. We still got a goal of at least 21 by 20, or 22 by 22. Amen. I want to tell you why. Because if you don't know the truth, amen, you won't be made free. But if you know the truth, nobody can put you in bondage. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not afraid, amen, of people going charismatic when they, when they have the truth in their heart, uh, when they read the word of God. I'm not really concerned about people, but I am concerned about people uh, that have not picked up a Bible except for when I say turn to the scriptures. Uh, amen, I get concerned about people that make church optional because they want, they want church to be optional, but heaven to not be optional. Uh, amen, they want heaven to be a guarantee. Uh, but can I preach to you tonight? Uh, heaven's not a guarantee uh, for those that church and the word of God and the truth of God's word was just optional. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and let's pray. He's the God of endurance. His word endures forever. His truth endures from generation to generation. You can't silence it. You can't stop it. His truth endures. Psalms 111 and 3. His righteousness endures forever. Not only does his righteousness, his right ways endure, but his ability to make you and I righteous endures forever. You might have messed up, but let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You can be justified. You can be washed. You can be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You can, those that were not righteous, can be made righteous by the blood of Jesus. All you got to do is say, Lord, I have sinned. I have made a mistake. Confess your faults. Confess your sins, the Bible says. And he is faithful and just to forgive you of all sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I'll tell you about the righteousness of God. He's not concerned about your unrighteousness. He's so righteous and it endures so much. His righteousness can endure your unrighteousness. His right, oh, come on, somebody. His righteousness can endure all your unrighteousness and cleanse you and I from every wicked deed, from every evil thought, from every evil word. Because his righteousness endures forever. Amen. Psalms 111 and 10. His praise endureth forever. I think we ought to take about 15 seconds, stand across the building, and clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on. Take about 15 seconds and let hell know his praise is still enduring forever. I'm still praising after all I've been through. I'm still praising after everything I lost because his praise endureth for Oh, somebody ought to shout and give God praise tonight. Come on, right where you are, lift up your voice and shout with a voice of triumph. His praise endureth forever. Hallelujah, you can remain standing here tonight. Thank you for your attention. Psalms 145 and 13. Thy kingdom and thy dominion endureth continually. The kingdom of God, he said, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates, oh come on somebody, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. He told Nicodemus, except a man is born again of water and spirit, he cannot see nor enter into the kingdom of God. What kind of kingdom is it, church? It's a kingdom that endureth forever. Not only that, his dominion, his domination endureth forever. Well, I'm struggling, Pastor. I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Let me just tell you about his domination. Amen. He can kick over everything in your life. He can break through every barrier. He can knock down every wall. He's got full dominion. See, you and I might have abdicated our dominion at times. 
and said, we might have let the devil into our garden, but I want to tell you, God has never lost his dominion. His kingdom has never ceased to exist. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody? Uh, amen. There are nations that don't exist anymore. Rome tried to, to try to stop the church. Uh, amen. We just visit Rome for nice pictures. Uh, they tried to stop the church. Uh, amen. All across the world. Uh, they tried to stop in Babylon, tried to stop the kingdom of God from going forward. Uh, but I want to tell you, we don't know nothing about Babylon, but what we read in history books, uh, there have been nation after nation. Germany tried to kill off God's people. But let me tell you, they're not a superpower today. What am I preaching to you? Every other nation has collapsed like Daniel saw in his dream. Gold, silver, bronze, iron, iron and clay. They've collapsed. But the kingdom of God and his dominion, the Bible says of his government, there shall be no end. Oh, somebody ought to shout here tonight. He's the God of endurance. He's the God of endurance. He endureth forever. He endureth forever. His word endures forever. His kingdom endures forever. His dominion endures forever. His praise endures forever. His righteousness endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. His truth endures forever. His goodness endures forever. The glory of the Lord endures forever. His name endures forever. And finally... 42 times in your Bible, it declares his mercy endures forever. I'm thankful for his mercy here tonight. Well, pastor, I've just messed up way too much. His mercy endures forever. You can't wear down the mercy of God. His mer this mercy's been worn and torn. It's been beat up and beat down. People have misused it and abused it. Uh, amen. But I want to tell you, his mercy endures forever because he's the God of endurance. He's the God of endurance. But how does that translate to us? I'll tell you how that translates to us. We are called to endure. By the God of endurance. Matthew 24, we are called to endure to the end if we want to be saved. Don't quit now. At any moment, he's going to split the sky. That trumpet's going to sound. Elder Johnson, how many, how many years of your life have you heard the end of the world's coming? Jesus has come back your whole life, right? Did it feel like this? The season we're living in way back then? No. There are so many Bible prophecies that have come to pass and are coming to pass right now. Now is not the time to jump ship. Don't be Noah's Ark helper. Help build the boat but never get on it. Because the rain's going to descend. And as sure as the rain fell in Noah's day, the Lord will descend with a shout. And the Bible says those of us that are alive and remain or endure shall meet him in the clouds. We are called to endure if we want to be saved. You can't be saved without endurance. You're going to have to endure. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we are called to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, it's too hard to live for God. You're not going to be saved if you don't learn how to endure hardness. Can I get a witness in the house of the Lord? You know what's hard? People offending you and not apologizing about you. That's hard. You're going to have to endure that. You know what else is hard? They're coming today. We've, we've talked about it, and we just we, we laugh about it sometimes in, in our own heart because we know, we just think that never happened in America. But there's coming a day where they're going to persecute the church, even here in, in what we call free America. They're already starting to do it in different avenues in different ways. Uh, amen. You're going to have to endure persecution because the Bible says they hated Jesus before they hated you and I. We must be able to endure hardness. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we are called to endure afflictions of our faith, and we are called to endure sound doctrine. That means listen to me teach and preach. As mother folks teach and preach. you got to sit through and endure our long-windedness. No, I'm kidding. It really comes down to what do you do when you're presented with the truth? 
Are you like the seed that springs up for a moment in joy but had no depth of earth and no roots and could not endure? Or do you hear the word of God and you say, I have chosen, choose you this day whom you will serve. I choose to serve Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I made that commitment almost 20 years ago, and I have not I have not gone back on that commitment because I've been called to endure sound doctrine. What my pastor taught to me and preached to me years and years ago, I've not even heard him teach and preach to me on some of those things, but I've endured the sound doctrine, and I have continued in it, and I believe there's people tonight that endure sound doctrine. For in doing this, you shall both save yourself and those that hear you. In Hebrews 12, we are called to endure the chastening of the Lord as a loving Father in heaven. There's going to be times of trials you don't understand, and I don't understand, and I can't give you the why. But the Bible says if he chastens you, he is treating you like a child, his child. Endure his chastening. In Galatians chapter 6, we are called to endure and not faint so we can reap everything that God promised to us. Too many people have given up and stopped enduring right before they reach the promised land. I don't want to faint in the wilderness. And finally, I end with this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. How am I going to endure, Pastor? How am I going to make it through? Because if you think it's tough now, we ain't seen nothing yet. The people that are going to make it are those that endure. Jesus even said it, those that endure to the end. Wherefore, seeing that we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What does that mean? All those that went on before us that have endured. There are elders and giants that have left this earth to meet their heavenly reward. This last few years, we've lost so many good elders. Uh, amen. But I'll tell you what they're doing. They're not They're not sitting, uh, amen, back in a lazy boy. They're sitting in the grandstands uh, saying, come on, ARC. Uh, amen. We endure to the end. Uh, you can endure to the end as well. How am I going to endure? I'll tell you how you're going to endure. You're going to have to lay aside every weight and sin. Not all weights are sin. You're going to have to let go of some sins, but there's also going to be some weights uh, where you don't have to come up and say, is it a heaven or hell issue? It's a weighty issue, uh, and i got to get rid of it because it's besetting me. It's holding me back from endurance. And let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Let us run with endurance. This is not a sprint to the end. This is an endurance race. What do I do when I feel like I can't make it? Looking unto Jesus. What Jesus? The God of endurance. If the witnesses around us are not enough, we can look towards Jesus, the God of endurance, the God that endures forever. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And if you feel weak, consider him that endured a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. We've got a perfect example. He's the God of endurance. What do you say, church? Are you ready to go all the way with Jesus? What do you say? I commit myself to the Lord, and I'm not turning back for nothing. What do you say? Let's not just begin this race and run it for a few good years. But what do you say? We run this race with endurance. Amen. Going all the way until we not only see Jesus, but we are with Jesus, and we are seeing him face to face. I don't know about you, but I didn't get saved to be lost. I didn't get in church to get bitter over one little thing and then backslide. Come on. I didn't get in this race to give up right near the finish line. Because Paul would put it this way at the very end of his life. I have ran the race. I finished my course. I have kept and endured in the faith. The God of endurance is calling ARC to be a church of endurance. Would you lift up your hands? I'm done, I'm done talking here tonight. 
I feel like the Lord just really put this on my heart here. Come on, I feel like God is speaking to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe your grip is slackening a little bit. and you, your, your hands are getting a little tired from being lifted up. Uh, amen. But God sent this preacher to tell you, you aren't the only one enduring. You've got a God of endurance and brothers and sisters and those in the faith that have endured. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Would you come tonight? Come on, when you come tonight, amen, you're not just coming, uh, amen, to stay weak, but what you're doing is you're going to be strengthened tonight by what I preach to you. You're going to be strengthened in the word of the Lord, uh, amen, that that this preaching of the things that were written for our learning, that were written aforetime, uh, they are going to help us, give us endurance and encouragement uh, through the scriptures. Uh, they are going to give you and I hope uh, what you heard tonight uh, is the very answer that you've been looking Looking for. Come on, somebody, let's pray all across the building. Come on, let's pray in this house. Come on, you can endure. If Jesus endured a contradiction of sinners against himself, you can make it. If Jesus endured the cross, you can make it. If Jesus endured the shame, you can endure a little bit yourself. If Jesus endured the pain, you can endure a little bit of pain yourself. If his word endured all these years of wear and tear, you and I can endure. If his praise endures forever, is my praise going to endure forever? Can I let my praise be lifted up tonight and being an endurance person, be an enduring Christian? Come on, maybe you're weak tonight. I've come to strengthen you with the word of the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this building. In the name of Jesus, you can make it. You can live on. You can continue to exist. You can withstand all the trouble. You can go through the hardness. You can go through and overcome. You can make it through discomfort. You can make it through pain. You can make it through adversity. You can make it through suffering. You can maintain your Christian walk and endure with Come on, let's just somebody pray.
Come on. I feel like going on. How about you? I feel like God's helping you move forward. God's helping us move forward. I feel like God's giving us a little more endurance. Come on in the name of Jesus. Come on. I believe God's going to help. Amen. Brother and Sister Rodriguez, go forward and continue on and to endure because he's the God of endurance. I believe God's going to help families endure because he's the God of endurance. Somebody pray. in this house. There's a special touch of the Holy Ghost right now. Strengthening those that are weak. Encouraging those that are feeling lost in this moment. Amen. God's helping us to endure as a people. Amen. God's helping us endure as a church. Amen. Hallelujah. It may not just be. It may not be this season for you. Maybe you're strong right now, but he's going to help you when you do fall weak. He's going to help you endure those moments. He's going to lift you up when you can't lift yourself up. He's the lifter of your head. He's the one that endures forever. of our hands. Let's pray all across this building. I feel the God of endurance in this house. Come on, there's a God that won't quit and that same spirit is inside of you and I. Come on, I feel like going on tonight. Hey Amen. How about you? I feel like going on in Jesus tonight. I feel like continuing on. I feel like living on. I feel like praising on. I feel like trusting on. I feel like enduring on. I feel like, uh, amen, I feel like reading his word on. I feel like, uh, amen, worshiping on. I feel like, uh, amen, praising on. I feel like going forward. Oh, somebody pray. Hallelujah. There were, I read a, I read a study of some scientists that were testing. I don't know what they were testing for, but you know how scientists are. They just like to do stuff to mice. But they put some mice in a, in, in, a, in a bucket or a barrel. And they filled it up with water, Elder. And, and these, these mice started swimming. And then one mouse went under. And within seconds, they all just dropped. And they wrote down the times. But then they did the test again. And this time, right before the first mouse dropped, they eliminated all the water from the tank. And then they filled it right back up. And those mice that have been swimming for the exact same amount of time went twice as long the second round than the original set of mice went on the first round. And they learned that when you give just a little bit of hope, 
we got more in us than we think we have. That through endurance of the scriptures, you and I might have hope. And I feel hope in the house of God tonight. I feel like there might, there might have been some people. I, I didn't feel it necessarily in prayer today that there was anybody, but there might have been some people that, that they felt like dropping out of the race. But God brought some hope. And they started getting a new fervor. I can make it. I can make it. And that one mouse that said, I can make it. All the rest of them, I said, if he's not dropping out, I'm not dropping out. Church, when we have a God of endurance, he's not quitting. There's something that rises up in us. There's a hope that says, if God's not going to quit, I'm not going to quit. If God endures, he'll help me to endure. Lift up your hands one more time as we pray in dismissal. Father, we love you. We thank you. You are the God of endurance. You've endured shame. You've endured suffering. You've endured endured pain. You've endured, amen, the lowly life of humanity when you could have sat on your throne of divinity. But God, you endured all that so that I might be saved. And you filled me with that same spirit that raised you from the dead. And God, I pray right now that you would help all of us, amen, to, to emulate, amen, that, that endurance nature that you have. Amen, that you, would, that you would communicate to us, amen, through your spirit, that endurance, that when we feel like giving up and we feel like we can't go any further, would you remind us what you did for us on Calvary? Would you bring another word to give us another bit of hope that we might make it through, amen, and that we might endure to the end so that we might be saved? In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. If you feel like praying, you can keep praying. Amen. But I want to encourage you. Let's come back to the house of the Lord on Sunday. Amen. Bring somebody with you because there might be some folks that you know they are about ready to drop out of the race of life. But if you can reach out to them, we can give them hope. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name.